Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to episode 599 of the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Alright, well, yeah, this is uh, this is it. This is the last segmented thusly episode. So that's, you know, exciting or interesting or neither. Who can say? This show is, was, rather, and will... F- to some degree continue to be a podcast yes in which i discuss the media i have consumed there still will be that that will still be a part of it going forward uh you know what what don't i save this talk for the conversation cleanup at the end yes that would be the smart and wise thing to do let me move this microphone much better uh, yeah, uh, why don't I push a segment that will get us started, but not before saying, oh, close one, that you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn that that is a possibility. I don't want to spoil things for you. Let's go ahead and call this a spoiler warning. Why don't we? Uh, all right, pushing button to start segment now. Oh, this is the last time I'll be pushing this button, kind of, probably. monologue today's movie monologue sponsor is bob scratch gold farb brand golden bobcat scratching post fabricated in usa jesus christ movie the first joyride from 2021 uh oh this imda description looks potentially interesting frenemies so I feel like we don't hear that word as much anymore. And veteran comedians Dana Gould and Bobcat Goldwaith, having learned very little from their near-fatal car accident, huh, get back on the road. Okay, yeah. You gotta get back up on that horsepower. And journey through the American South. Oh. Hmm. I actually didn't know that's where... That didn't really play into it, I, I feel like. The documentary captures the duel as they carefully navigate highways and their decades-old contentious friendship reflecting upon their careers and relationships with comedy, period, buckle up, period. Uh, yeah, okay, well, that, you know what? That's a description of this film. Uh, yeah, it, it, if you've ever seen... Um, oh, jeez, what was I going to say? It's basically a stand-up special. Uh, it's, it's basically a one-man show with two people. It's basically... Uh, a goddamn delight seeing these two comedians who I have both enjoyed separately and had no idea they 
uh, had any relationship, contentious or otherwise. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they sort of both uh, dig into their early careers and how they met, and it's all through sort of a, a, a humorous storytelling with... Uh, uh, you know, scenes filmed in the car, of course, Joyride, uh, s- multiple stages, uh, multiple clips from uh, 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 appearances on talk shows, uh, some of Bobcat's, you know, famous or probably more accurately infamous uh, uh, talk shows. Uh, Bobcat sort of, a, I love Dana Gould, love Bobcat, but Bobcat sort of fascinating uh, transformation over the years and how... Uh, like if you ever hear the phrase, uh, you know, people don't change. I, I, I found that to be very false. Uh, and Bobcat is a very good example of the fact that people do change. Uh, and I would hazard a guess. Wow. Okay. Here's, here's a little deep thought for you. Take all people, <laughs> take all people who change. Is that change more often than not, for the better. I would hazard to guess yes, just because I suppose it's not universally true. Like you could have tough times that make you, you know, cynical and a bad person and uh, uh, be hurt by others and then in turn hurt others. Yes, that is definitely possible. But I also feel like that scenario can give you empathy. Uh, uh, scenarios where you are treated well also can uh, make you treat others well because you know how it feels. So I almost feel like the odds are. What's what's the percentage of people who do change, because not everyone does, uh, uh, are changed for the better? <laughs> Curious. That's just the sort of thing we're going to delve into in uh, episode 600 plus, I feel like. Speaking of numbers, my rating for this. Yes, segue accomplished. Uh, I'm going to go solid four and change, four and change. Yeah, I I enjoyed it greatly, but uh, for some reason I felt like I was looking for something more. Uh, And maybe it's just having seen Bobcat's uh, uh, films in the past um, that nothing too unexpected happened. And I was looking for something a little different, something, something like, oh, wow, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting that, but uh, nothing like that ever really seemed to come to fruition necessarily in my mind. But still, I would recommend it, especially if you like, uh, you know, comedy. Uh, Moving on to, from 2021, Finch. Oh, I have a couple of Tom Hanks movies in this, inadvertently, actually. Let me read the M to here. Uh, On a post-apocalyptic Earth, a robot built to protect the life of his creator's beloved dog learns about life, love, friendship, and what it means to be human. Did I cry? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, One sort of interesting thing about this, of... (laughs) <laughs> of the post-apocalyptic flavors, this is the one that I have always predicted, the uh, the solar flare, uh, you know, wiping out... Well, that's interesting, because uh, solar flare, uh, I, I guess unless shielded, wipes out sort of a technology, you know, sends us back to the Stone Age, is, is a quote you'll probably hear when you hear about solar flares and Earth and how we're sort of due. Last one was in, like, 1900s or something and wiped out a lot, but, you know, we didn't really notice because we weren't so technologically dependent back then. Uh, 
so you know that's my prediction for apocalypse is a, a solar flare wiping out uh, uh technology setting us back to the stone age and uh you know then us sort of all uh, dying and killing each other you know that sort of deal so you know dust this off when that happens although it will probably be wiped out because of the aforementioned solar flare anyways uh something that that flare does as well apparently i don't know i'd actually never heard this so is, is this a science scientific you know thing that is possible or is it just made up for the movie i feel like now more days stuff like this is you know they delve into the science a bit which we'll get into another movie another post-apocalyptic movie where i feel like much less of it happens uh that the solar flare uh, uh you know destroys the ozone layer which is, is i guess that happens i had never heard that until watching this movie so that's sort of interesting did i get learned is basically what I'm saying. You know, it's funny about that as well. I, I lit literally saw like half hour ago, I guess it was on Twitter, maybe something, some scientific article or something where it said the uh, whole, the hole in the ozone layer over the Arctic, Antarctic, I forgot, uh, has finally been closed. Yeah, it's finally, you know, healed. So that's, you know, kind of cool. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> Tom Hanks with, uh, you know, sort of not humans, you know, with a volleyball for example uh he, apparently he likes doing movies like this i actually think i heard an interview about how he sort of read the script and you know he said it jokingly but uh, the fact that he agreed to do the movie I, I don't know how much a joke it is that he uh, uh read the, the the script and said oh okay so i'm in this whole movie by myself uh, uh no interaction with other human beings sign me up <laughs> uh there is you know whoever voices the robot which is who actually Caleb Landry Jones. He looks a little familiar. Let me open up his IMD. He was very good. Uh, he's in Get Out. X-Men First Class. Plays Cassidy. Slash Banshee. 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 I, I thought Banshee was a... Yeah, he's 89. Born in Texas. Huh. Okay, well yeah he was good the uh the dog was good the robot dog was good <coughs> uh the story was good rating wise i'm gonna go like jeez do i go five four four almost five somewhere in there it's just tom hanks in a movie i don't know it's like especially during these trying times despite the fact that this is a post-apocalyptic movie uh, uh he's just like comfort food it's it's just like i feel like i could watch tom hanks movies <laughs> and i yearn for them i yearn for them moving on to speaking of tom hanks segue from 1989 the burbs the apostrophe burbs short for the suburbs uh okay so this is a movie with a little bit of history <clears throat> not just because it's from 89 uh the missus <laughs> once apparently she alleges she alleges okay uh that she uh asked me to watch this movie you know and i said yes of course and then i uh you know immediately went and watched it without her that is what she alleges uh i don't remember this conversation you know not to say that it didn't happen and i have a clock you know what i think i spoke of this last 
episode. A clock on all movies that I have seen. Uh, and, and that clock counts down to the next time I feel like watching them. Some of those clocks just go on forever and ever, meaning I will never really want to watch said movie. Some of them, like The Burbs, you know, will go off every... <clears throat> well, let's see. came out in 89. This is probably a fourth viewing, so, you know, you can do math and figure out what the clock is for that. Huh. It was probably a little sooner than I would have liked. That being said, did very much enjoy it. Uh, and watched it with the missus this time, who was, you know, had hounded me, you know, once every, I'm going to say six months to watch it f over the course of, you know, four years or so. Four, four to ten years she would bring up watching the burbs and how I watched it without her. <laughs> so now maybe that will fall away. Uh, an overstressed suburb a night and his neighbors are convinced that the new family on the block are part of a murderous satanic cult. Of course, starring the aforementioned Tom Hanks. We've got some goddamn Bruce Dern. <clears throat> Actually, we've got a really uh, uh, good cast here. Uh, uh, Carrie Fisher plays his wife, Corey Feldman in there. Uh, uh, Rick Duckman. Duckman? Anyways, you would, you'll would you recognize him. Wait a second, do they? Huh. Does IMDb... It's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking... Uh, I've got the IMDb open, as I do for all these. Do they... When someone passes away... No. Okay. I was going to say, some of the uh, the portraits are in black and white, and some are not. So I thought maybe if the portrait is in black and white, it means that that person has passed away. Ah, which uh, Rick has passed away. That's sad. In, tw in 2015, at the age of 62, in Vancouver. Huh. Uh, yeah, oh, he's Canadian. I actually didn't know that. He's, he, he, was a, he was an actor who showed up in a lot of things and was always good. Anyways, not to uh, uh, harp on uh, uh, Rick Dockerman, got Wendy Shaw, which is interesting because we, uh, or I did rather, recognized her voice. Uh, she's the voice of uh, Francine on American Dad. So that's interesting. Uh, somewhat similar sounding on this. Uh, it's funny, it's a little weird, it's a little quirky. There's one scene in particular where they're looking at a femur that comes to mind that is sort of a scene that has been ingrained on my brain, I feel like, that uh, whenever I think of this movie, that's probably the scene I think of, because they do a weird like camera <laughs> uh, effect for it. Uh, yeah. Strange, delightful, spooky? Not really. Funny, very much. Rating of 5 out of 5 for The Burbs. Come on, it's The Burbs. If you haven't seen The Burbs, I would definitely throw it on. Which is interesting. I feel like I haven't thrown a movie on this list in a while. My uh, my my list of movies you should see. <clears throat> and when I say you, I just mean uh, everyone. Everyone, just sort of period, should watch The Burbs at some point. Definite uh, uh, late 80s, 90s vibes as well, too, which is... Uh, which is fun. Uh, moving on to, from 1985, Pale Rider. Oh, that's interesting. 85, it sort of felt like it was older. But I guess, yeah, uh, Clint Eastwood does look a little little older in this movie. He's, he's got some uh, salt and pepper going. A mysterious preacher, Clint Eastwood, protects a humble prospect 
Victor Village from a greedy mining company trying to encroach on their land. Greedy mining company. That's sort of funny because I've been playing Skyrim and it's like every mine on the map seems to be in trouble one way or another. So uh, <laughs> I feel like I just go around sometimes, you know, addressing addressing mine issues and helping mining consortiums. Uh, so, you know, the opposite of what Clint Eastwood does in this. There's also something I don't remember, and, and I had seen this movie, although it's been uh, quite a while. I, I've been on a little bit of a, a, a Western, probably specifically Clint Eastwood uh, kick lately. They're, they're, they're good, just sort of relaxing movies, I find. Anyways, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, uh, there is sort of a possible hinted at at the very least uh, 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 mysticalness of this movie in that uh, uh, the girl the sort of young girl in this played by Cindy Penny uh, she sort of prays for help against these uh, these evil minor uh, folk these evil mine owner folk uh, and, and then suddenly the uh, Clint Eastwood preacher sort of almost pops into existence it, it sort of feels like so i was uh, i didn't recall that and it was an interesting little like why did they add that are, are we to believe that this preacher was sent by god but then there's also uh, hints at his backstory of uh, you know maybe previously being a, a a bad dude it's very interesting uh rating wise pale rider it's not my favorite Clint Eastwood Western, but it is very good. And it does sort of fit the mold of if you are looking to watch a quintessential Clint Eastwood Western where he, you know, comes into a town and saves the town sort of deal. It definitely fits that mold, which I appreciate because that's what I'm looking for when I uh, uh, sort of want these kind of movies. So I'll probably go four and change. You know, I'm being very, uh, well, lackadaisical about my ratings, which I always am. Uh, I always am. I always am. Uh, all right, moving on to The Day After Tomorrow from 2004. Speaking of comfort food, for some reason, and I almost don't know why, this is a movie that, you know, every once in a while I will watch. Yeah, inexplicably almost. And, and whereas I was curious about Finch, uh, uh, how realistic the solar flare causing uh, ozone damage, which how realistic the science is of that. Did, did the makers of the film really dig into the science, which I feel like nowadays is more likely certainly than this, where some of the shit that they make up is just blatantly, even for a layman like myself, blatantly ridiculous. Uh, okay. Let me read the IMDA of the day after tomorrow. Jack Hall, paleoclimatologist <laughs> must make a daring must he must make a daring trek from Washington DC to New York City to reach his son trapped in the crosshairs of a sudden international storm which plunges the planet into the new ice age yeah so this is i, I guess pre uh some post and mostly uh, uh well, just apocalypse, <laughs> uh, in, in the form of, uh, climate change causing the ice caps to melt, which is, you know, actually factually happening. Sad to see in this 2004 movie, the fact that, uh, you know, scientists 
warning the governments of climate change and how uh, if we don't stop what we're doing, irreparable damage will be nigh, uh, and how that's still happening in 2021. Great. Fucking great. Uh, in this, uh, it reaches the point where, you know, nothing can be done and we're fucked. Uh, and an ice age happens. Uh, that hasn't happened, you know, in actual real worlds yet. Although it probably will, you know, something bad things are brewing, are happening, and probably will not be stopped, and we're all doomed. Anyways, back to the day after tomorrow, which I, for some reason, enjoy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, is starring... We've got uh, Dennis Quaid. He's the aforementioned uh, uh, paleoclimatologist. Is that a real job? Does anyone actually have that job? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as his son. Uh, other people you will recognize. Um, the acting, not necessarily great throughout. Uh, the special effects, uh, <laughs> wolves in particular, come to mind. Not, uh, not going to blow you away. Um, is it it just it it doesn't make sense why i like it as much as i do is kind of what i'm saying for that reason the four and change that i'm also giving this doesn't make sense and it doesn't have to make sense and i don't care i just don't care it just doesn't matter as they said in meatballs the film Moving on to from 2015, No Escape. Oh, this was a request to watch of the misses, which is fucking, yeah. Uh, so I wish I could remember the name of the other one, but there's no way I'm going to. It was this one and one with, I want to say, was it Ethan Hawke? Uh, the other one was uh, uh, where it was like a family in I forget which country when a tsunami hits anyways that movie and then this one uh so basically for some strange reason out of the blue hmm uh the missus wanted to watch two movies in which you know uh, 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 Americans I guess in both cases anyways uh, uh, people go to foreign countries and then just shit goes horribly awry and they have to fight for their lives uh my mother literally yesterday uh went on a trip uh she's en route probably in korea right now uh on her way to thailand she's doing uh, uh with her boyfriend a sort of uh, basically around the world like uh i forget the exact but it's like korea but that's just for a layover then thailand and then some uh other asian countries then to europe for a bit and just you know per perfect time <laughs> <laughs> perfect time for a, a trip around the world with the uh, Omicron raging. Anyway, she's uh, triple vaxxed and, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't begrudge the fact that her sort of uh, choice of, you know, now or never, uh, I, I feel like those choices these days are, if anything, logical. Uh, but... <laughs> So then I noticed this uh, the this trend of what the missus wanted to watch and uh, sort of wondering about the subconsciousness of that. Interesting. Anyways, No Escape is definitely... It, it's going to go in my top three, maybe number one for most Sweaty Hands movies. Now, Sweaty Hands movies are sort of hard to pinpoint. It's just movies... 
where you're literal your hands are literally sweating of course but but also what gives that feeling it's just tension and the possibility for things going horribly awry easily oh maybe that's it all movies you know particularly action movies have the possibility of things going bad for the protagonist um but you know in like an x-men movie say my hands aren't sweating because i know that uh, it's you know superheroes and the, the the odds of things going wrong for them are, are not that big really they're you know you take superman for example he's gonna be fine he's gonna be fine uh whereas this the uh, the the possibility of things going wrong is like the choice between like a snap of your fingers you know what illustrates this well there was one scene uh, towards the end where uh stars uh, owen wilson as a father of two kids him and wife are in a country that is uh, suffers from a coup where uh, i guess a mil not the military was it the military where uh, uh, renegades let's call them sure i don't know uh, take over the country and start uh, killing people specifically looking to kill americans which they are uh, anyways there's one scene at the end where uh, he's sort of at a crossroads uh, in an alley and there's two people coming to it uh, to these renegade people coming and either they're going to turn towards this family and he's going to have to attack them with the rock he's got in his hand or they're going to turn the other way uh, and, and a lot of the situations in this sort of felt like that, like, uh, this could easily go bad with just sort of the, 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 the snap of a fingers, the toss of a coin, yeah, the flipping of a coin and so easily things could just get fucked up. Sometimes they did. Sometimes they did. Uh, multiple times it felt like, uh, one of the little girls in particular was like doing shit that was really fucking up their uh fucking up their escape <laughs> eventually the missus and i are both just like fuck just leave the girl <laughs> uh yeah uh so rating wise if, if that sounds appealing to you which it might not necessarily i can understand it not uh let me read the in their new overseas house an american family soon finds themselves caught up in the middle of a coup oh it was a coup and they frantically look for a safe escape from an environment where foreigners are being immediately executed not great not great we also got uh, pierce brosnan in here lake bell is the uh, is the mother she was great um pierce brosnan uh, uh i want to see more of him in uh, roles like this he always plays uh great sort of a darker roles which uh this was he's sort of a uh military kind of guy i guess uh reading wise i'd probably go three which is enjoyed while watching but wouldn't watch again on my rating scale just because you know i i felt that tension now and i i know what it's about and while i had enjoyments i don't think i need to see this again so you know that makes sense to me all right let's push this button now Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Baga <laughs> Jesus. Baba Yaga Buffalo Wings. Thank you for that sponsorship. Alright, uh, we are talking The Witcher Season 2. Yes, indeed. That rhymes and you know it rhymes. Uh so good. Uh, five out of five. The end. <laughs> uh 
one thing this is making me want to do i read the books yes and i did play the games where or does yeah where or does <laughs> this sort of coincide with all of that uh and does it yeah that's why i'm saying uh, have have the liberties they taken match up at all with what happens in the books or games i don't rightly remember because uh i don't rightly remember the books or uh, Witcher 1 or Witcher 2, while I played, I don't know if I beat the first one. I'm pretty sure I beat the second one. It was so long ago, and uh, I, I think what I did, I think I bought 1, 2, and 3 in like a sale, uh, and, and then sort of zoomed through the first two so I could get to the uh, the third one, which I did play and, you know, play the shit out of. I think I... Uh, uh, did I 100% it? If I didn't 100% it, I damn well near did. Uh, this makes me definitely want to uh, dust that off. I wonder if I would like it as much. I've been, uh, uh, as we'll talk about in a later segment, and I've mentioned before, I've been uh, replaying Skyrim. And I almost feel like Skyrim lends itself more to replayability than The Witcher. Does that make sense? I, th I think it might. I think it might. Which sort of probably uh, is evidenced by the fact that it's, you know, comes out for every system, including your fucking toaster. Yeah, did you know that? You could play Skyrim on your toaster. What, your your toaster without a screen? Yeah, don't question it. You just have to look look deep inside yourself and your toaster. Uh, all right, so this one focusing, this one being this season, focusing a lot on the relationship between uh, uh, the Witcher, Geralt, and uh, Ciri, and uh, uh, what is sort of brewing there in terms of uh, Ciri being of the old blood and uh, uh, how and why seemingly monsters are... She's, she's a bit of a monster magnet. A monster magnet. And you know what? At the end, spoilers, as I mentioned, she's a bit of a monster magnate. <sighs> Maybe I, I, I'll try not to give away too much just because I want uh, people to watch this. Not that my spoiling it would prevent or make a dent in it. Um, it. It sort of cemented, not that it needed it, cemented my love of fantasy and probably to a slightly lesser degree sci-fi. And that is, uh, I sort of came to a realization that I think I like it more than any other genre because you don't, anything can happen. Once you sort of introduce magic, literal magic, that sort of breaks rules that exist in things that sort of take place in real life. Okay, so let's go to, uh, uh, just look back for a second at the movie No Escape that we were just talking about. Um, lots of crazy shit happened in that, but um, there was never moments where things that I thought were out of the realm of possibility happened. Because it took place in, you know, reality, in the real world. Uh, whereas this, shit can happen that where my literal jaw just drops because there's no way to predict. I, I mean, you know, within reason, you, you could tell where certain things are going. But uh, I feel like fantasy lends itself so well to just being able to have those jaw dropping. I did not see that coming moments, which... Uh, you know, long-time listeners, if such a thing exists, uh, always know that uh, when I watch uh, or read or whatever, when I when I experience a piece of media, 
I do have that, you know, sense of probably pride, I guess it is. <laughs> Not a sense I'm <laughs> used to, so. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, of being able to guess where a thing is going and then uh, uh, when I am correct, be like, yeah, okay. I was right, which feels good, but also it was predictable, which is bad. So I always give that a lower rating then. I have no idea what's going to happen next, and I'm exciting, and I'm giving this a high rating, which I will do for The Witcher Season 2, 5 out of 5, if I didn't already mention. Uh, we've also got um, uh, Yennefer Sans Magic, which is interesting. Uh, seeing someone, uh, you know, take an incredibly powerful... Uh, if not one of, if not like the most powerful magic user in the realm, and then take away her magic and see how she deals with that. So that was a, a sort of a cool story arc. Uh, a lot of that would be one maybe Naka would uh, put against this, uh, which I think I remember from the books as well. Uh, that it jumps around a little too much for my liking. Um, yeah, sure, we need to check in on other characters and see what's going on because this is a, you know, an interconnected world where uh, events over here are going to affect what happens over here. But I feel like maybe we jump around too much. Like in an episode, you know, sometimes I felt like, and I don't know how accurate this is, but it's sometimes how I felt, um, you know, we're going to spend five minutes here five minutes jumping over to visit these people, uh, five minutes jumping over these people and, and just jump and jump and jump. And, and I feel like maybe devote a whole episode to seeing what one people, one person is doing. Uh, one thing they actually did to address that I've realized, uh, and particularly, I think they did it at the beginning of some episodes where we could sort of see, uh, bits and pieces of one person's story in another uh, so we sort of know where one person is while these events are happening that, that sort of idea which is you know easier in a book than it is on a in, in a filmed thing like this but uh, regardless I uh, can't wait for season three I'm pretty sure it's already been greenlit uh, they've definitely set up the story for that is season three going to be closer to the third game? I know the Wild Hunt is going to be involved, seemingly. Events have sort of shown us that. Um, you know what? I, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole with this as well uh, in terms of... Uh, uh, I forget how I saw it. I, I guess it was just because of... Henry uh, Cavill. Uh, 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 Henry Cavill. A little brain fart there. Henry Cavill and... Uh, you know what a big IRL nerdy is just in terms of you know a, a Warhammer and uh, making his own PC and stuff delightful stuff like that things that make me love him a little bit just a little bit uh, uh went down a bit of a rabbit hole of uh, like him and uh, uh Freya Allen and Anya Charlo uh, god uh Char Chalorta who played Siri and Yennefer uh, and just sort of watching their interviews and how uh, seemingly they just like really like one another, which is a delight. I always love that in a cast uh, and you know, it, it's not needed to make the show good, but it is nice to see when the cast of a show like one another. I don't know why that is. It, maybe it's just the fact that I like when people like one another because it's nice to be nice to the nice. Uh, but, uh, it, it, it was fun to see, uh, and Freya, Freya and Anya, Anya, <laughs> there you go. I said it, I think everywhere that you can, one of them is right. I, my apologies. Um, uh, 
uh, it, it was nice to hear them tell stories about how nice Henry was to them and just sort of uh, almost like a like a brother father figure to them like sort of gave them tips and tricks and uh, almost warned them of the incoming fame it's almost as if Henry knew how popular this uh, you know sort of entity was going to be which is a, a delight and I love it and I love them all uh yeah let's just see wait a second oh i see television talk again no wait okay well that's we have two television talks in one okay this television talk sponsor is booze and smokes thank you for that sponsorship all right uh I'll give you a little behind the scenes and that uh i've added Anthony Bourdain, no reservations to my podcast notes. Every episode for the last like 10 episodes, uh, but uh, I keep pushing it to the next episode because uh, I keep watching uh, other shows and uh, because I'm still sort of uh, with the missus working through no reservations. It's almost like I was using it as a placeholder in case I didn't uh, complete a television show uh, season or what have you. So because this is the last, uh, you know, fully segmented sponsored, I'm not doing air quotes, I swear to God, sponsored uh, uh, segment of television talk, I figured, you know what, let's just jam it in. Let, let, let's just do two television talks, also because I don't have a book banter, uh, because I'm uh, currently reading, which we'll talk about this at some point, post episode 600, I'm reading a... Uh, 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 other world, other shit. What was it called? Tad Williams. You know what? I could just Google it. Tad Williams. Other land. <laughs> yeah, other world, other land. That's pretty close. I'm reading a uh, rereading. I should say. I read it. Jeez, uh, probably like 15 years ago. Maybe it was a long time ago. Uh, rereading a uh, 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 Tad Williams Other Land series. So uh, they're long, and it's probably going to take me a bit. But you know what? Post episode 600. That's not going to matter. Uh, anyways, back to Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations, 5 out of 5. Yes. They are a delight. Um, you're going to get learned, which is nice. They're entertaining, which is, you know, the aforementioned delight. Um, they're shows that I feel like for someone who hasn't really traveled... You know, I'm not greatly traveled, uh, even in, in the slightest. Uh, the shows that I feel like give me a taste of that. Uh, a taste enough to realize that uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, IRL I would enjoy it. Uh, or, you know what, it's that sort of thing where I probably would enjoy it, but the thought of doing it is so anxiety-inducing and uh, 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 fills me with such dread that it's not worth it and I'd rather just watch Anthony Bourdain over at Reservations you know that's probably a bad thing to say it's probably not a mm, fulfilled human thing to say but as uh, 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 I'm going to paraphrase you know Dirty Harry a little bit a person's got to know their limitations and uh, I think the lack of desire for travel IRL is one of mine yeah, I, I I can admit that. I can be cognizant of that fact. Uh, however, I do like watching travel things. I do like watching travel things specifically like this that revolve around food. 
the missus and I tend to gravitate towards, uh, and I think this is one of the reasons that uh, Food Network, especially back in the day, I don't know if it still is because I don't really watch TV, uh, is so popular. It's just because uh, it's sort of inoffensive. Although this is Anthony Bourdain, so maybe less so. It's just, you know, everyone eats. Everyone poops, as we have been aware of for <laughs> whenever that book came out. What am I saying? Uh, this fills the void a little bit, seemingly, of my lack of travel. I think. Maybe. It's not the same, yeah, sure, but it's also better than nothing. It's better than nothing. He goes to places, too, that uh, most, you know, touristy people don't go. He goes to, you know, uh, Kurdistan. He goes to uh, the Ozarks. Do people travel to the Ozarks? Nicaragua. Haiti. Haiti. Yeah, people are not traveling to Haiti very often. Um, so far, the missus and I, uh, on, uh, we've only watched season seven and eight, uh, because we found that first, uh, we're in Canada, so I forget where we're watching it. I think we're watching it on Crave or Amazon. Uh, but then, uh, after that we found all the other seasons. So we're probably going to finish season eight, which we're almost done and then probably go back and uh, watch the other ones. I've seen most of these, uh, over the years. Uh, I watched them sort of, I think on TV back in the day and they're just, they also feel that sort of comfort food vibe of just wanting to zone out and see some pretty food and some, some pretty, uh, 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 places. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all you need, man. Um, you know, it'd be cool if they, well, I guess they can't be with Anthony Bourdain. Who, who would be good? Uh, Richard Iwate, he does good. Do a travel show. And, you know, this is going to be down the road, I imagine, in a couple of years. Uh, once VR is a little, uh, I'll just use the word better. Uh, do a travel show that is filmed in VR. Yeah. Something like this that gives you the, at the very least, the visual experience of actually being there. Uh, will be helpful for the reasons that, you know, uh, will travel. Uh, via plane it's not good on many levels you know for the environment for <laughs> covid reasons uh, uh there's reasons that it's just not a good idea i say this as my mother's traveling the world <laughs> uh so you know uh, having alternatives to that even if they are not as good get them as good as you can get them as good as you can how about how about oh shit didn't mean to push that. Did mean to push this. Game Gabin. Today's game Gabin sponsor is boiled cream treat. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, uh, uh, because uh, all I've been playing really is uh, Skyrim, uh, not much to talk about, but I did want to sort of touch base now that I am 35, probably somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, episodes into recording my uh, Skyrim long play. So uh, specifically the librarian, a colon, 
a Skyrim RP longplay. So what I've done, and I, I've touched about, uh, I've touched on this in a previous episode, but now that I'm a little further along into the process, let's say, uh, I thought I would uh, uh, touch on it again, especially going into this uh, post-episode 599 world. I wanted to mention it one more time, and that is, I'll play Skyrim. I'll uh, play it uh, uh, while pretending to be RPing, role-playing, if you will, uh, the Librarian. Yeah, that's uh, my sort of character's name, the Librarian. And he just sort of going around, he's looking for books. I will, on the recordings, actually read the books. I'm into the... I don't know if I'm going to finish all of the books in Skyrim. Probably won't, uh, since I'm nearing the end of my recordings. Um, but I, I, I made it into the H's, I think, or J's. So, you know, I got a, far I, I got a pretty far way into them. <coughs> where I would literally read them out loud. Uh, so he would do that. Uh, he would do missions. He would sort of, you know, crack-wise. Uh, I've done all the, sort of, the main... I did the, the main story. I've done... I'm the fucking uh, head of the Mages College. I'm the King of Thieves. I'm the uh, head of the Companion. The uh, uh, head of the Dark Brotherhood. Dragonborn, of course. Uh, I've done all the DLCs, except for Hearthfire. Uh, I've, you know, killed all the vampires. Like, I, I've done it all. Right now, as I sort of wind down, this is something that I feel like I did in my original playthrough many, many years ago when I platinumed Skyrim. Uh, cause would it be PlayStation 2 or 3? Don't even remember. Um, I'm doing a uh, what I like to kind of call a map cleaning. So I, I started left to right, of course. He's a librarian, uh, after all, and is going to every single location and sort of uh, uh, clearing it out, uh, uh, seeing what each location has to offer. If a, a mission comes up that appeals, a, a quest that comes up that appeals, he'll do that. And uh, I'm probably three quarters or more done doing that. And then once I'm done that, uh, I think how I'm going to end it uh, and the recordings is uh, try to join. I don't know if I've locked myself out of this quest actually. Hmm. Well, we'll we'll see. To TBD. Uh, try to join the. Uh, it's not the Imperials. Whatever the opposite of the Imperials, the Nords. No, I forget what they're called. Uh, the opposite of the Imperials. Uh, try to join them and then uh, you know complete that and then maybe build a home and then marry someone and. Uh, live happily ever after perhaps perhaps uh yeah uh so i'm dropping and have dropped uh, an episode every week i think we're up to episode seven and i've recorded like 30 35 as i said probably get to around 40 if i had to guess uh so that's 40 weeks uh, which is interesting too, because I have them all loaded into YouTube. Uh, I think I have 32 episodes loaded into YouTube. So say I drop dead right now. That'd be, that'd be funny. Anyway, say I drop dead right there. Um, uh, 30 plus weeks of episodes would continue to drop. Uh, which I was, uh, that always, uh, uh, pleases me to, to think of that, that, uh, you know, I, well, you know, pleases is maybe a strong word, uh, that I die and then, uh, uh every week for 30 weeks, <laughs> automatically episodes of me playing a video game draw. It's dumb. It's fun. I like it. My recording stop. Okay. My, uh, it looked like my recording froze there, but I think I'm all right. Anyways, uh, 
and that's what I've done. Uh, well, let me just check. I don't know if the uh, I don't have a, like a huge amount of downloads, but uh, seemingly some. So seemingly some people are watching them. Let me just see. Okay, yeah, I'm up to. Whoop. <laughs> uh, I am up to episode seven, which has seven views. Terrific. Um, yeah, I'm not exactly blowing it away with the views, uh, but I also have not promoted or literally told anyone about them. So, you know, maybe I'll do that at some point. Maybe once I get up to, you know, 20 some odd views, there is a, uh, you know, Skyrim Reddit. Maybe I'll post it there. Uh, also, I'm sort of doing this from the point of view which is, you know, accurate as well, that uh, I don't care. I'm doing it because I like doing it, which is, you know, similar to this podcast, similar to a lot of the internet-y things I have done. I only do them because I like doing them. I'm not doing them because I expect, you know, a shit ton of uh, uh, downloads and views and to become world famous for playing fucking Skyrim. Uh, I, I do it because it's fun to do, and hopefully there's some value, some, some entertainment can be had. We'll, we'll, we'll say, maybe, possibly, who can say? Not I. Uh, yeah, so if you like, uh, go over and uh, if you go to YouTube and just type in uh, The Librarian, uh, Skyrim, Log and Play, or go to, uh, I, I just I didn't even create a new channel, I just put them on my old uh, Alphabetical DM channel, so you could type in Alphabetical DM and they'll be there as well. Uh, let's push this button next. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is in uh, oh uh, in apt last internet intercourse sponsor podcasts. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, all right, uh, I have just uh, two things. One of them just sort of a uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, first is Nakey Jakey. Oh, I haven't seen a Nakey Jakey in so long. Uh, so it was nice to see he uh, posted a vid. Seemingly he's been doing some IRL stuff, including, uh, shoot, was it a, a girlfriend or a wife? Anyways, seemingly he's uh, uh, in love, which is nice to see because, uh, you know, he's someone who uh, have enjoyed not only his content, but his personality and seems like a nice person. So it's nice to be nice to the nice. We have mentioned once or twice. Ooh, that rhymes? Kind of. Kind of rhymes, yeah. Uh, so he posted a. Uh, also, the subject of this was interesting. He posted a video about speed running, which is uh, interesting because uh, I, on an episode not too long ago, uh, spoke of how I have been watching not speed runs themselves, but uh, uh, some videos on YouTube, uh, some, some YouTube channels that focus on the history of speed runs, which is interesting that uh, uh, I've used the word interesting several times here, <laughs> just because he, uh, uh, you know, seemingly maybe was going down the same route holes as I was, uh, which I like to uh, imagine. Uh, he's just like a funny dude who does usually video game related videos. That's all. But that's all I need because he does them so well. And uh, 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 his editing and comedic skills are high. High. 
So, you know, I recommend you check out uh, his channel in general, in general, maybe start with the speed running one if that interests you and then uh, move on from there. Why not? Uh, and I wish him happiness in the future. What else I wish in the future? Segway. So many good segues this time. Wow. Wow. Uh, is today. <laughs> I just realized as I do my shitty Owen Wilson impression, did I mention that Owen Wilson was in no escape? I don't think I did. Yeah. It was Owen Wilson was the main guy, believe it or not. And he, yeah, he, he was fine. Wow. Uh, I miss podcasts. Yeah. Uh, in this new job I have, which we will speak of more in episode 600, I'm sure. I don't really have the opportunity to listen to podcasts. Uh, I do still listen to them, you know, when I'm driving, uh, you know, if, if say I'm making lunch, uh, any spare moment of the day where I am doing something other than watching TV or playing a video game, I am listening to podcasts. However, I used to, you know, at my old job, eight hours a day, just listen nonstop. I would have, uh, you know, one earbud in, uh, so I could, you know, listen for the phone, listen for people saying my name, like stuff like that. Um, but I would listen literally all day, uh, and I'm listening at uh, two times speed too. So that is, you know, 16 hours of podcast a day, I guess, jammed into eight. Uh, whereas now I'm like, like one, maybe somewhere in that. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really missing. The one thing it has done though, cause I obviously I, I still enjoy them. I still love them is that it has forced me to, uh, uh, sort of listen to not as many as I obviously normally would, which has forced me to sort of choose more carefully what I'm listening to. So maybe I've distilled um, my faves. Uh, I, I will say that I don't think any of my usual lessons have 100% fallen off. Mm. There might be a few exceptions. What it has done is made my listening much more depending on the podcast much more say guest dependent much more topic dependent um whereas normally i would you know just listen to every episode regardless you know what i'll tell you what i'll do and this is just off the top of my head um for the most part i'll look at my list here's the ones that i still listen to every episode you know if you're curious uh comedy bang bang Yep, I I still do. It's because it was one of my first, uh, because I have a, a definite loyalty to it. Um, how did this get made? Yep. Uh, Doughboys. Mm -hmm. Sensing a lot of comedy in here. Uh, Judge John Hodgman. No such thing as a fish. Uh, with Gourley and Rust. So yeah, a lot of these I'm still listening to every single episode. And is there others? You know what? I'm, all episodes. <laughs> yeah. Star Trek The Next Conversation. Which, you know, those episodes are kind of few and far, far between. The Adventure Zone, because I'm digging the Earth Sea so much. Beef and Dairy Network. Jesus. Okay, so a lot of these I'm still listening to, all of them. Uh, I'm just scrolling through. 
it's it's exciting to hear someone scroll through things. I'm sure. Uh, off menu, with Ed Gamble and James Acaster. Yeah, that one. Uh, and, and you know what? That sort of has reminded me. I guess that a lot of the ones where I'm still listening to every episode are ones that are, n- are more newer, newly added to my podcast listening repertoire. Uh, Yo, is this racist? And I think that's it in terms of ones where I'm still listening to every single episode. The rest, you know, as I say, case by case. Um, something has happened, though, uh, that will mean more uh, ability to listen to podcasts, potentially. Uh, in that I got a, a second job. Ooh, uh, we'll talk about that in episode 600. So, you know, look forward to that. Um I guess that's it for this particular internet intercourse. It looks like, wait, what's this? One final segment, you say, by pushing this button? Yes, we've got a cleanup conversation of jorts. Uh, we're going to talk about episode 600 plus. Yeah, just because I figured I better, as this will be the last episode I post in certain places. Let me explain. Um, one of the reasons that I decided to switch formats for episode 600, or rather lose formats and sort of go uh, a little more formatless, is because uh, I thought it would be a little more freeing, which is something I'm looking forward to. Uh, So what I would normally do, with uh, this one being the last one where I will do, is when the podcast drops on Wednesday, uh, I would uh, uh, take that link and post it to Facebook, uh, uh, to the Liberal Cube group, as well as just to my own, you know, in case I have friends that listen, which I don't think I do which is fine. Uh, so I would post it there. I would post it on Reddit, uh, just on my own uh, page, which, you know, not really a point to that, I don't think, other than just having it there. Uh, and then I would post it to Twitter. Uh, and then I, uh, I would at people who I said nice things of, or, uh, you know, uh, if there was a movie I would enjoy it, I would uh, hashtag it or game or whatever. You know, get a little traction that way, which, again, I don't really know if that did anything. Uh, uh, and then lastly, every Sunday, I will have taken a, uh, sort of a little screen snippet of the podcast description, added some visuals, uh, and then posted that on YouTube. The visuals would be, say, if I talked about a movie, it would be a funny picture of a character from the movie or, uh, uh you know, you know, things of that nature. Uh, and then just post that on Instagram. So, uh, in a post episode 599 world, I will do none of that. Yes. Basically my thought is that, uh, the only way you're going to get this podcast is if you already know about it <laughs> or somehow stumble upon it because I'm still going to, you know, they're still going to drop on Podbean, which is who I used to host, which means they're still going to drop on iTunes. They're still going to be on, you know, are they on Spotify? And anyways, in all your usual podcasty places where uh, where you where one might listen, they will still be available. 
and uh, it's actually interesting. I very infrequently look at stats, but I think it's Pandora. No, is it? It's one of those Pandora, Spotify, someone like that, uh, where most of the downloads come from, which is interesting. Uh, that it's not like iTunes. I would sort of assume that would be the biggest one, just because that is, I believe, the biggest uh, podcast lipening. Lipening? Hmm. Uh, which maybe I shouldn't believe that because I had to switch because it was such a horrible piece of shit. So I like I listen on what's it called? Uh, Overcast, I think it's called. Yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so uh, that's one of the main things that's going to be happening, or rather, not happening, is uh, if you're listening to this and used to. Uh, uh, listen to an episode if you found it in one of those places that will no longer be happening so you know keep that in mind either be resigned to never listening again which is fine or you know seek it out subscribe to it on a thing why don't you uh and, and then the fact that i've always just not always but definitely more recently just sort of felt like the the the, the freeing nature of assuming that no one is listening which sounds you know sort of maybe a little i don't know if despondent is the right word but i don't think it is just because i kind of don't care like i i, I kind of like just being able to say whatever i want assuming that no one will hear it <laughs> and uh, uh, that freedom i think will be amplified in this uh, post episode 599 world as I drop the segments. I'm not going to have, you know, moving to monologue television talk. I'm still going to talk about the media I, I consume, but I'm also going to talk about other things. What things? Like, for example, an alleged uh, uh, mushroom trip. Hmm? Of the magical variety. Uh, talk about uh, how I left my old job and uh, the new one. And, you know, things that are going off on in uh, real life, perhaps, uh, talk about, uh, 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 many ideas might have, uh, segments with guests. I'm going to do some, uh, experimentation with, uh, uh, segments, just, just trying different things that I think might be fun. Yeah. A, a, a focus on fun and interesting things that I want to do rather than being locked into, uh, having to do the exact same thing every time. Um, not that I ever really felt that. I think maybe that feeling was brewing towards these last couple of episodes, last, say, 10 episodes. But that may just be the fact that I was so looking forward to losing that. The other thing I might not do is I might not have an episode every week. Maybe maybe some weeks I'll have two if I have something really interesting I want to talk about. I'll drop an episode. Maybe I won't have an episode for a month. Who knows? I'm just sort of let flow what may, which is a sentence or phrase I have used about a lot of things. And I think just something that feels good. Let flow what may. Excuse me as I burp repeatedly from a peanut butter treat that I made at my newest job. Yes. Peanut butter cookie that I had for breakfast. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say about episode, uh, 600 press. Oh, uh, I'll just give you one, uh, you know, little tidbit, little tease perhaps that, uh, the missus will definitely be making appearance. Uh, or at least she said she has, uh, uh, and she's worked on a segment of her own. 
and uh, I have uh, two little things for her segment that I'm going to do. Uh, f- <laughs> I'll, I'll give the tease for this because she won't hear it. And also this episode won't uh, drop before we're done recording. Okay, so one uh, fun thing is um, she suffers seemingly from the same thing that Dan Harmon does in that she can't um, remember slash tell a joke, like a street joke. So uh, I, I've told her this joke probably six maybe ten times like a lot of times um and then the last couple of times uh, <laughs> we've tried to get her to tell me the joke and <laughs> just so so bad at it uh for some reason it, it, it's definitely the same thing that uh, if you ever heard dan Harmon try to tell a just just a joke I'll, I'll tell you the joke it's not a great joke by any means but it's you know it, 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 okay well i'll just tell it uh, so a guy goes to his uh, therapist and says, doctor, doctor, I keep having this recurring dream. Uh, uh, first, first of all, uh, in the dream, uh, uh, I find myself, my, my body is transformed into uh, a teepee. And then uh, the, the dream progresses and I find myself uh, transformed into the body of a wigwam. And then I'm a teepee. And then I'm a wigwam. And then I'm a teepee. And then I'm a wigwam. What do you think it means, doc? And the doctor says to him, I think you're too tense. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, a simple joke, um, that she's incapable of telling. So I'm going to ask her and I haven't told her I'm going to do this, which uh, I think will be fun. I'm going to ask her to tell that joke. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I guess that's it for now, folks. Hey, if I don't see some of you ever again, or rather you don't hear me ever again, it's been a slice. It's been a goddamn slice of delight. Uh, uh, looking forward to some of you making the way over to episode 600. And if you do like anything that's happened in these past 599 episodes, you know, I never say this. Why not pass it on to a friend? It's nice to be nice and will be continued to be nice to be nice to the nice. Oh, didn't hit the stop button. That's a good sign of things to come. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory I've got a theory that it's a demon a dancing demon something isn't right there I've got a theory the best is yet to come and babe won't it be fine you think you've seen the sun but you ain't seen it shine Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper